Hi there, welcome to the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am your host, the Fearless Lady, Charlene Light. When I turned 40, I decided to create a really fun challenge for myself by stepping into my fears 40 different ways. I tackled fears around aging, going after my dreams, and even finding true love. This podcast is about that journey and how it transformed my life and how you can start looking at your fear as an invitation to step into your worth, invite more freedom, joy, and fun back into your life. Life can be an adventure. Live the life of your dreams. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am your host. (laughs) Sorry, my voice is a little cracky. It's early in the morning. I realize I haven't um, recorded a new episode um, in, God, has it been a month? It's so crazy how time feels so slow and then yet so fast. And, you know, I, well, today is January 7th and I believe that January 6th will go down in history as one of the most um, horrific and just, yeah, horrific days, um, you know, because of what happened um, with the riots, um, with, you know, everybody, the pro-Trump, I don't even know what you call them, just like, his supporters just um, breaking into the Capitol building, breaking into the Senate and trying to disrupt, you know, what now is in record, which is to certify the election of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And it was just wild to say the least. And all I can say about the past, you know, four years since Trump um, has been president and, the way I've been feeling is that it really, it really is so frustrating. And again, I'm, I'm probably not even using the word right. Cause it's, it's more than just frustrating. It's like, it's like, I feel this rage inside of me because it just doesn't seem fair and that nothing seems to happen to him that it, it's almost like, I mean, I guess if anything, it's making me realize how I have been asleep for so long and so many of, um, so many of us have been asleep for so long and just assumed that, you know, justice will prevail and truth will come out. And, and I think it's just awoken a part of, I know for myself, which is like, you know, this system is, is messed up. It's rigged. It is, it's not good. And it needs, it needs to be, I think, broken down like what it's what's happening right now in order to be rebuilt in the right way and so in some ways I guess I can look at it or we can all look at it as like this is what is needed to basically really go in and 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 rework a system that has never actually worked (laughs) you know for so many Americans and I was just I didn't know it I really didn't know it. I was, um, you know, that's privilege. I, I am white and I had no idea that the system was really rigged until I have been witnessing it over and over and over again, um, not only these past four years, but particularly yesterday. And I, I mean, I, I mean, if you would just see me, I can't even, my hand is over my eyes and my hand is over my forehead because I can't even articulate just how 
I'm feeling. And I think it's just, I'm sad and I'm angry and I am, I'm awoke. I am woke right now. I am like, okay, this is, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm speechless. I just don't understand how people can still support this man. I just don't get it. I don't understand how people can vote for him again. Like, you know, and it always comes back to, it's a personal thing because I have family members that support him and I just, you know, and you look at them and you think, well, well, but I love them and they're good people. I don't understand. What are they seeing in this, in this man, in this person? Like, what is he promising? You know, what, what values is he showing, you know, you to make you go along with this, this criminal behavior? I don't understand. And I don't know if I ever will. And so all I can do is just, you know, go back to that space of, again, like, we are being shown just how corrupt a system um, we have. And the good thing is, is we have a new presidency, a new administration, you know, Georgia just won and, and it's <laughs> we're going to take over the Senate. And there's some really hopeful, you know, things that are coming our way. We've got a vaccine. Finally, um, it just... You know, not that I want to like just gloss over what has happened, but I am always in that space of looking at what is this actually teaching us? What is the larger lesson here? Um, And for me, it's that, oh, wow, like um, we really have a lot of work to do. And I did not realize how messed up and corrupt and how... Our system was really serving only men who are white. <laughs> and so now, now that I know, now that we all know, we can do something about it, speak up about it, talk about it. And that's the beginning. And that's really what I want to say before, um, before I move forward into this episode. And just, you know really take care of yourself, really honor the part of you that is really angry, the part of you that is really hurting, that is in pain. Um, because that is what, like, we cannot move forward when we are in, in despair and in pain and in that space of feeling like there is no hope, right? So we have to, we have to honor what we're feeling and then use it right? Use it to move forward in a positive way. And I just pray to God, like I would love nothing more than to see armed forces go in and handcuff Trump and (laughs) pull him out of the White House. I don't care if we're only two weeks away. Like I want him arrested. I want him sent to prison. I want him tried. Whatever you need to do, like the criminal behavior that this man gets away with, I just... It's so appalling. And here I go again down this hole. <laughs> but, you know, I can't help it. I mean, it's... Okay. <sighs> Deep breaths. I want justice to prevail. I want truth to matter. I, I just... It just... Uh, it has to matter. And that's the most difficult part of this whole thing is like, I really... You know, we're taught to believe like... 
be honest, don't lie, and you can't do this, and there are rules and there are laws in place to protect. Um, and it just seems like this man just, he just never, ever, like nothing ever happens to him. Nothing. There's no consequences to his actions, and that needs to stop. And I hope that this will stop. I hope that this is an example of an extreme case where it's like, whoa, look at how many loopholes we have in our, in our constitution and in our laws, and that this can even take place in 2020, and excuse me, 2021. So that's what I will say about that. And we're going to move on. I'm going to move on to my next fearless act. So uh, this next fearless act is... You know, I've said this many, many times during my journey, which is that I really wanted to make different choices. I wanted to dance with life. I wanted the universe to work with me and to play, right? So I wasn't so consumed with like, what am I going to do next? It was more like, what is the universe going to offer me where I can step up and show up and show up in a new way? And so Fearless Act number 38, Just Say Yes, was really, really an example of how we are co-creating all the time, whether we want to believe it or not. And um, because I remember at this point, I had um, moved or I was going to move out of my Astoria apartment, which is, you know, I had mentioned that I lived in Astoria two times in my New York life, right? First, when I moved right into, um, moved from LA to Astoria, I lived there for a year and a half. Then I moved out and I ended up having to move back when I decided to be a yoga teacher. And, and then I was in that apartment for like five years and no joke, I used to pray, (laughs) pray to God, like show me I can get out of this apartment, you know? Cause I just got so used to paying like very little in rent. And I really was just, getting by, you know, paycheck to paycheck. I was teaching yoga. I think I had started to do my workshops. I'm not sure if I, oh no, I, yeah, I didn't do a retreat yet. I didn't do a big retreat yet. So yeah, I was just really, you know, had enough money to get by. And so when I moved, when I decided, okay, I found a place that was more money and rent, but it was doable. I was still scared. Cause you know, it's always scary when you're like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to afford this? Right. And it was in Brooklyn and I started the process of just starting to pack up my stuff and look through old boxes and notebooks and things like that. And I was really discovering or rediscovering my commitment to being an artist. You know, again, when I moved to New York, I was going to make it. That was the intention. There was no other, there was nothing in my mind at that point that was going to entertain that it wasn't going to happen. Again, I was following this cliche. I was following all those behind the music specials that I watched. It's like, go after your dreams, work really hard. It's going to work. You know, no doubt there's no plan B. And then here I was now a yoga teacher going through old boxes and rediscovering all those old notebooks and journals of of how hard I really worked and how much I really tried to make it. And it was, you know, it was really hard because I was conflicted. On one hand, I was happy, you know, teaching yoga. But on the other hand, I was very, very sad for the part of me that didn't make it, that um, here I was, was I a failure? And, you know, so I was revisiting all of those 
insecurities and really just all of those very pure thoughts that we all have. You know, when you give something your all, when you say, this is what I meant to do, I'm going for it. And you believe with all of your heart that, 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 you know, this is what you're meant to do and it doesn't work out. There's this, there's this broken part of you that takes a long time to recover from. You know, and I can only speak for myself, but my assumption is, is I think everybody can attest to this. You know, um, it's sort of like when you give your all to a relationship and it doesn't work out, that's a broken heart. You know, it's the same thing with a career or a dream. You know, you give your all to something, you say, this is what I'm, what I meant to do with my life. I know it, I feel it in my bones. And then it doesn't work out like you planned and you just, a part of you is, is a little broken. And I, again, was conflicted because I was happy doing what I was doing, but there was still a sadness and a real question of, well, then why was I given this gift to begin with? You know, almost like I was resenting um, God, universe, like, why would you give me this gift if I wasn't meant to use it? you know, if I wasn't meant to make a career out of it. And so the, all those questions were swimming in my mind. So I'm just going to read to you what happened and then I'll go into detail. Here we go. As I'm nearing the end of this fearless journey, I started to crave the days back in the beginning when I did something scary every day. There was something special about feeling that knot in the pit of my stomach or the kind of nerves that fly up and down my spine. And lately, I've, so, I've sort of fallen back into my normal routine of life, feeling unresolved about what to do for my last few acts. I've been secretly hoping the universe would present me with something that would truly shake me to the core, and last Monday, it delivered. I am moving at the end of the month from my apartment in Astoria, which has been my home on and off for 10 years. I never planned to stay as long as I have. In fact, I moved out for the first time eight years ago when I went back to a full-time office job. Although that job gave me the stability I lacked from living a struggling artist's life, I still felt like a failure, and I spent the next two years working in a cubicle, living on the Upper East Side, and desperately trying to figure my way out. I suppose I could have continued along that trajectory and worked, up, worked myself up the corporate ladder, but office life just wasn't for me. And once you have even a small taste of that freedom, that scary leap out into the unknown, when you make that handshake with God, promising that you'll do whatever it takes to fulfill your dreams, there's no way that light can stay dim unless you choose it to. I cried many nights after taking that office job. I just didn't understand it. Why was I given this gift to sing if I wasn't meant to make it my living? Everything that I read was telling me, leap and the net will appear, or do what you love and the money will come. Nothing prepared for me what happens when you do all that and still don't get the life that you want. If music wasn't my destiny, I questioned, then what am I meant to do with my life? I took a workshop that ultimately changed my life in 2008. I started to turn the questioning on myself. What am I doing to contribute to my, rea my reality? How are my thoughts and words supporting the life that I want? Before that, I assumed life was just happening to me, that as long as I worked really hard at something, I can achieve it. And in that way, I was always at the mercy of what was occurring outside of me versus what was happening within me. 
My first baby step towards a positive life change was enrolling in yoga teacher training in 2009. I had always loved yoga and taken classes long before I moved to New York, but but I never thought about becoming a teacher. I don't even think I knew it was possible to make a living, but with the help of this new workshop and a slew of self-help books, a fresh belief system was emerging. I will follow my passion and let go of the outcome. Once I finished my training, my dear friend Michael, who was living in my old apartment, knew of my misery at that job and said I could move back to my old room in Astoria with the same cheap rent. I shunned the idea at first. No, no, no. I can't go backwards. That's ridiculous. I'm over that apartment and that small room. And then this little voice spoke to me and said, but with that cheap rent, you can quit your day job and give teaching yoga a real go. So I just said yes. It has been five years since I've moved back. Five years. I thought of returning to this apartment as a second chance towards my dreams. Even though I have lived within the same four walls for almost my entire New York life, the person I have become is so vastly different than the girl I was when I first moved in, and it feels perfectly time to leave. I am incredibly grateful to say that I do make my living teaching yoga and singing and playing my music in my classes, as well as providing live music for other teachers and yoga studios around the city. Although it hasn't been without struggle, I have never felt more fulfilled and valued for my talents than I ever did all those years trying to make it. Last week, I have begun the process of packing and sorting through all my stuff that I've collected through the years. Everything from journal entries complaining about my jobs to handwritten directions of every open mic in the city to calendars with temp jobs and interviews and notes on the sides and books and birthday cards and luggage tags and pictures and company IDs. And here... And there, lying underneath my bed, were my notes from that very workshop I took over six years ago, pictured above. Even now, reading the words, I just don't feel good enough, breaks my heart a little. Because in all the work that I've done, there is still a voice inside of me that reflects that statement. But last Monday, I was given a gift. I showed up to one of my favorite yoga teachers, Allie Kramer's house, (laughs) Allie Kramer's class at at the incredible Laughing Lotus Yoga Center. I absolutely love Allie's class for so many reasons, one of which is how she manages to weave such authentic words of wisdom that seem to speak directly to me every single time. And recently, I've had the privilege of accompanying her yoga class with my music because I got up the the nerve to ask her. So in last week's class, after an hour of sweaty flow, Allie asked us to sit in meditation before lying down in Shavasana. As I sat there with my eyes closed, I felt a presence approach me. Will you sing something for us, she whispered. There it was, chills up and down my spine, hands sweaty, body tingling, mouth drying, and that pit in the middle of my belly. Holy shit, I'm not prepared. I don't have my guitar. I can't sing one of my songs. Oh my God, Dana is in the room. I'm not good enough to sing on the spot. What is she thinking? But even with all that negative chatter in my head, I just said yes. I managed to sing or hum some sort of melodic tune, but I was shaking like crazy. And when I finished, tears rolled down my cheeks. Why was I reacting like this? Perhaps it was all the, re- perhaps it was all the reflecting and sorting through my memories of this apartment that triggered my emotions, or it was simply the fact that someone I admire so deeply asked me to sing at the end of her class, validating the fact that I am good enough. 
After class, I hugged and thanked Allie and expressed my nervousness and tears that came up. She actually thanked me for being so vulnerable and replied, well, you just need to do it more often. I have taken her words to heart and sang at the end of my class on Friday night as well as in three classes on Saturday, not because I needed validation or approval, but just because I can. Sometimes life shows us exactly what we need in order to heal. And in that moment of fear, I acted in spite of feeling unworthy. And that alone is progress. I don't know if I'll ever be able to silence that voice, but I'm learning how to say yes anyway. Ah, I even got a little emotional reading that. It's interesting because I'm taking... I'm taking this workshop. Um, I'm always taking something to further my transformation, my personal transformation. And um, it's called Psychic Boot Camp, but really it's, it's really to help us tap into our own intuitive gifts. And we all have that capability. We all have our own intuition. We all have that um, inner knowing, and it's really learning to trust it. And... It's interesting, it's interesting because um, the more I am trusting that inner voice, the more I'm shown how much doubt is still there, how much, just, just how much I sway the pendulum to the other side. And I've really been in conflict, actually, if I think about it. I've really been struggling, um, judging myself, going, God, you know, you still have these thoughts, you still have these beliefs, you know, like that kind of talk. And I asked my teacher, I said, you know, do we ever really clear our beliefs or do they just keep showing up in different ways as self-doubt? And what I've learned is that it really is a dance, you know, that you start to expand and you start to grow and then you feel this like elation and you're moving towards something that you really want and you're stepping into the fullness of who you are and then boom, something smacks you and you kind of crumble again. And, but the dance between all of it is knowing that that's not truly who you are, that we are not our limitations. We are not our blocks that we are actually that whole space um, of love beneath all of it, right? Sort of encompassing it all. And I think the capacity to sway and to move and to be malleable is the transformation, you know, is letting go of that, that self-judgment and that, um, that criticism that we have, right? The, the, the inner critic that's constantly badgering us, telling us we should be further along than we really are, right? All of it's just bullshit. And because it's so connected to our expansion, it's so connected to our ability to grow that you almost need those moments of disconnection to reconnect again. And what I've learned is the space between all of it, that dance, is you just get better at it. And you just get quicker at it, the comeback. You know, yesterday I was going through something. I mean, obviously the whole freaking country was. And I took a walk in nature and I'm just always reminded and astounded by the beauty of 
you know, the trees and the sun. And, and it's like a witness to, to being present again, to knowing I am not these thoughts. I am a part of everything. I'm a part of this higher consciousness. I'm a part of these trees and nature and the sun and the moon and the sky. And, and having those moments of grace to be kind of pulled, pulled back into the real truth of who you are, right? Um, we need more of those moments. And I really do think that that's what we're all here to learn and and it's funny because I was doing a reading and, and I'm doing these exchanges, these readings, these practice re- readings with people in the workshop. And one of the things that um, she said was like, you know, she wanted to know if this particular path was was for her, right? And right away, that question is screaming of self-doubt. It's screaming of somebody that doesn't quite yet trust that you need to move towards the things that light you up. And I get it. It's scary. But I think that what I'm here to do and part of my sort of part of my role or what my soul came here to do was to really reflect back at all of the people that are wondering if that thing that sparks you inside, if that's really your true path is to freaking go for it. You know, what I've learned is that we're not broken. I'm not broken because my dream didn't work out. It's actually what it did was give me this space to dance. I can now dance between all of it. You know, I can swim in that sea of feeling like, oh, here's the part of me that still has that that vulnerability around being a failure. And here's the part of me that has that elation for going after my dreams in the first place. And here's the part of me that has that expansion and that awareness to know that I am part of a higher consciousness that I can dance with it all. You know, that feeling of failure and that feeling of brokenness, like that's my, that's where my compassion comes in. That's how I can sit and hold space for other people that are going through something because I know what it's like to hold space for myself. You know, I'm not going to be angry about it. I'm not going to be down on myself for it. I'm just going to honor that part of me that is so tender. Like, that's beautiful. Nobody wants to walk around like a hard brick wall <laughs> that you don't have any, any scars to like share your stories. Like, you know, those battle wounds, like let's wear them like a badge of honor. You know, because it really is honorable to look back at your life and go, God, I did all the things that I really wanted. And yeah, some of it really hurt, but my God, like looking at life from that vulnerable place, I'll never forget that. I'll never stop trembling. That is who we are. Like those moments of frailty and when we get when we get to say yes to something, even though we're feeling every bit fearful and scared and like we're not good enough, but we still say yes. Like that's fucking incredible. That's courage. That's what we're really made of. That's what we're being asked to do over and over and over again. Lean in to that. And yeah, and that's it. So thank you for listening. And I'm sending all of you so much love and support here we are, 2021. Deep, full breaths. <sighs> and I would love to support you in your 
journey. So if you are interested in taking your own fearless journey, please schedule a free discovery call. I would love to hear what it is that lights you up and how we can work together to support you in achieving that and walking down that path and really just feeling good in those moments of feeling despair or feeling doubt or feeling like you're not good enough. So my friends, I will end once again with another song of mine. I will see you next week. I'm going to really try to knock these out um, weekly. So we are almost at the end. We're at 38. We got 39, which is naked yoga. And then I end up doing a few more past 40. And I'll explain all of that um, when I get to number 40. Have a beautiful, beautiful day, everyone. Take care. Bye.
Oh 